You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hello, gang. We've reached an end. We have reached an end. I know it's wild to think. Um, I definitely, so I follow most of the people on Riverdale, um, the actors uh, on Instagram, and a lot of them have been posting very kind of sentimental photographs of the first time they all shot together and that kind of thing. And it does feel like the end of something very particular. It is, um, it is kind of neat. By the way, if you're joining us for the first time, that's uh, the wrong thing to do. And uh, <laughs> welcome to the Riverdale Gang podcast, which is a critical commentary watch along podcast hosted by Ryan Karen and Chloe Packer, recorded here on unseated Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam and Squamish territory, which is where a lot of Riverdale is shot. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we're here for some yeah. critical commentary generally, which is, in my mind, pretty easy in this episode. This was a, a like a gentle slide of an episode to me. Mm. Yeah, it didn't have something I noticed is it didn't have any weird Riverdale stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely felt a lot more like just an episode of the first season, except it's five seasons later. Yep. Yeah. Um, which there were a few moments of dissonance for for like scale of life experience, but mm. um, but the this episode did a good job of isolating significant enough emotions and moments and conflicts that you know I can see forgetting about so much of this. Um, and I it, Betty's arc in this episode uh, is is about. A, a very a changing perspective on a lot of that as well, um, in a, in a kind of neat way that I'm excited to see a second time through. Um, I, out of everyone, um, I, I'm quite curious your thoughts, Chloe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking closer at Betty's narrative in this episode this time through, um, because I I'm left unsure what her beat and resolution is. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Um, do you mean in terms of like where she'll be at after the seven-year time jump or specifically in the context of this episode? Um, in, in the context of this episode and everything before it, um, I'm not hmm. quite sure what capstone this episode provides to Betty and her arc um, compared to uh, the other three core characters and our anti-hero Cheryl. Um, like th- this episode reoriented and reminded me once again, we've got four leads plus an antagonist sort of, and then our support <laughs> buddies. Yeah. I mean, for me, Betty gets released. Like she's, she's released from all the Riverdale stuff and she just gets to go off to college. And I, that worked mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets released from her childhood best friend. She gets released from her adolescent best friend and she gets released from her boyfriend and she just gets to go to college and be smart, which is what she's been needing to do, I feel like, for five seasons, to be honest. Mm. That was my takeaway. The arc that I um, – so I did see the sneak preview of for next week. Um, oh, yeah, which, I um, uh, Which – do you want it spoiled for yeah, you or um, do you want to go watch it? Yeah, yeah. Jump in. Jump in. Tell me about the um, future. So um, in this uh, – sneak preview they've all met back at pops seven years later 
And um, Betty ha- is in the FBI, and the two shots of her are, like, directly lifted from Silence of the Lambs. Okay. One of them, there's, like, three or four shots, but there's a scene where she's jogging through the woods in an FBI sweatshirt, which is from Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. And then there's a scene of her in a pit kind of being tortured by a serial killer, which is from Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. Okay. And then there's a scene with her um, with a therapist. It's it's Silence of the Lambs. That's her arc. <laughs> um, <laughs> Veronica's married which I don't buy. That doesn't sit right for me. Huh. Uh, Jughead's a writer, which we all knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, Archie is like PTSD soldier. Yep, yep, yep. That's... So... I can't see where else Archie would be going. Yeah. So <laughs> I just... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we are entering new territory, Chloe. Yeah. Very so for me, range. like, so I saw that preview before I saw the episode, so mm-hmm. I was sort of primed a little. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I I am. Um, I really really like this episode, and one of the things that I liked in this episode that this episode set up well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was um when Archie does that vow moment. I immediately was like, okay, so one of them is going to go back and the other three won't be there. And who is it going to be? And mm. I genuinely didn't know. And it surprised me that it was Jughead. That kind of surprised me. Right. Um, and I thought that was a nice beat for his character. That told me a lot about him as a future writer who's like a little nostalgic for high school mm. and a little nostalgic for his troubled youth, you know. Um it landed Jughead's uh, end beat for me. Um, what jumped out is the the sort of bookending balance that mm. we meet him in this moment of transition alone, and it's very marked by homelessness and losing his homeless place, uh, losing his um, yeah the spot he's carved out just before in the interim um but this place of transience and and disconnect and we we return to um we return he returns to that place in many ways um but somehow different yeah it it was really interesting to me watching him go back to skills that we know he has that we haven't seen him use in a couple of seasons yeah, yeah. Um, like remembering that Jughead was first presented to us as this very adaptable young person, mm-hmm. adaptable from from painful circumstances, you know. Yeah. And um, in this instance, like his his dad hasn't abandoned him because um, he's dealing with um, issues of substance abuse disorder. You know, he's mm-hmm. he hasn't abandoned him at all. He's just like caring for the younger sibling who is a minor and who evidently needs support like the by the way i should say you will hear doors slamming in this podcast <laughs> this is an indie podcast i have a much better audio setup than i normally do but this like the the world takes place around ryan and i in this in these episodes that means you might hear better cleaner doors yes it's true you'll hear it you'll really hear the door slam um and you'll really hear the sirens outside and you'll really you'll just really hear it all riverdale gang anyway um, yeah um i it's really interesting i haven't really i haven't uh i think when i first started watching the show jughead's character was the one i cared about the most Mm -hmm. and that has been less true over the intervening seasons because i like him becoming a gang king just didn't really appeal to me and Mm -hmm. then him going to stonewall prep was kind of fun um 
But anyway, um, we're back at like, I feel I identify very heavily with Jughead's character now because, you know, I went to like, I have a degree in creative writing and, um, you know, I have a, a small amount of nostalgia. I don't have a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I just, yeah, I was really, really pleased with the arc for Jughead's character. Um, I was, I liked how they managed, something I also really liked about this episode was, um, that they didn't make the teenage breakups melodramatic. Yes. Like all of these, all of these people are just like, this isn't going to work because we have big life adult stuff to do. They all made sense, which is wild. Yeah. And, it, and I really appreciated, yeah. I really appreciated Riverdale investing in adolescents verging, verging on adults as like capable of, of holding more than one emotional truth. I thought that was a really, really cool example to set for any teenage viewers yep. in the audience. I thought that was a really cool choice. I really appreciated that. Exceptionally well communicated and a presentation of the, the lingering love and relationships that you have regardless of circumstances. You you don't want to lose this person's support or position, and that's part of the the great tragedy and change. Um, yeah. When you are pulled apart, Tony Tony and Cheryl, uh, oh, was so that was a great striking scene. in that regard. And like, anyway, uh, do we want to? So we we haven't touched on Archie or Veronica or Cheryl. Do we want to, or do we want to jump in, Chloe? Let's jump in. I yeah. think that's a great idea. I think we'll 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 catch up with them on the go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Riverdale right. gang, if you are Netflixing along, uh, countdown to the doom, and uh, good luck DVR people. May the odds be <laughs> in your favor. Alrighty? That's uh, yep. three, two, one, Netflix. Ba-doom, ba doom <laughs> Okay. And no, previously on Riverdale, I didn't notice that last time. Oh, and these are the same, almost the same opening shots. Yep, yep, yep. Lots of synergy, lots of conscious, uh, conscious wrapping back, circling back. Yeah, completion. Yeah, they're definitely doing roll call here for sure. It's interesting to me that the Stonies are ranked among the grown-up serial killers. Um, and mm, it's that is interesting. Good point. Not necessarily like it. They are they are presented as the antagonistic force there, rather than the old dudes pulling the strings. Like it, like the conspiracy was not framed. Because mm. they were, you know, they were me- they were messed up kids. They were messed up, yes. messed up, privileged characters, but created in many ways by the system they were living in. The um. Yeah. yeah. I like the exit strategy they gave to FP. I thought this was really good, what they wrote in. Yes, it's it's nice synergy. It's a com- nice complete circle of him making difficult choices for his child, um, for her betterment, and um, ha- like having this conflict mm. that's of choosing choosing between the needs and wants of people that you love and choosing your kid. And everyone being on board with that. Like, that's that's yeah. another great breakup reason. That there are different family needs at this point in time. Um, that's a really realistic story for a lot of people. I like it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. They opened this episode with a lot of collaborating. Yes. Um, which I thought was an interesting choice because there's constantly been these antagonisms between the parents that is mm-hmm. like very – that are very petty, very adolescent in a lot of ways. Yep. Yep. And instead we've got this great, um, you know – Hot dad. We need the sheriff. We need a sheriff. We need the mayor to do his job. We're all just going to do it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. And, and Archie and Jug are full participants uh, yeah. in a nice landmark adult action level. Right? Yeah. Cluster of traumatized children, cluster of traumatized children, meta commentary on your own audience. Who knows? Much more likely <laughs> a, um, a lamenting, long, sad apology from gen z and millennials to uh gen x and millennials to gen z yeah (sighs) that's what i got out of a lot of like betty's speech later yeah yeah i like that they acknowledge that also i really like this pillowcase with the oranges on it sidebar doesn't matter very cute design it it totally matters it it's a living space yeah. So this was a really mature choice, I felt, for the show. And I don't mean mature as in, a, like, I like this. I mean mature as in, like, I could see this happening on, like, Six Feet Under. It's a very yes. sophisticated choice. Maybe that's what I mean. Like, putting Fred's dream into Archie's dream. Yes. 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 It's a great, it's, great idea. It's a beautiful bit of cinematography. It's a beautiful bit of of storytelling with the footage they have um like it, it's it's one of those strange offers that that make perfect sense in the challenging creative circumstances they're working to tell this story beat um and to keep, yeah to keep the um pace of archie's grief which i have appreciated um they've they've not gotten him over anything they've just moved through different stages and aspects of grief cheryl as well mm-hmm. we see these great examples of living with grief in the long term um and what what a step of resolution might look like yeah i loved this moment for cheryl god this character is so great yeah madeline patch i think particularly delivers uh in this show like i great cast but i love what madeline patch has done i mean what they've done with her but she gives such 110% energy and emotional, like, overdrive. It's always dialed up to 12. The, yeah. The melodrama. I thought this was such an interesting moment for Veronica getting yeah. these pearls and then deciding not to keep them. Like, I feel like that gives me a bit of a hint about what's coming for her in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know? Watching the second time, I'm seeing how I'm, I'm really noticing how many of these scenes break down into a very, a very very targeted end note. Like there's I'm I'm I didn't clock how many loose ends were tying up when I watched it the first time. It was happening in real time. I didn't know quite where we were going yet, but rewatching mm-hmm. it, very very neat. Like casting off of the knitting here. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, th- I really love the way Betty and Alice have become allies over the course of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Their their relationship has grown extraordinarily. Um, yeah. And more than I ever would have anticipated. 
Um, this show has done spectacular things with complicated and challenging parent-child relationships across the board. Yeah, absolutely. I love how flawed all the parents are. Okay, first yeah. moments of military propaganda realities. Neat. I remember there being recruiters in my high school. Did that happen for you as well? Nope, nope. It did not. Oh, we had we had recruiters. I actually talked to them. I remember having a conversation with them. You know what we did have was a cadets program, uh, uh, high, junior high and high school cadets program. Uh, oh, that's we, interesting. Yeah, but that was more of a community effort. Um, anyway, I have many feelings about the military exploitation of of the youth, especially in American U.S. models. But I will yes. try to keep my focus on the the neat, like. 40s thematic wraparound that they they choose to give Archie this 75 year off to war um this anchoring to the Korean War and to the 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 vintage era that Archie was written and introduced um yeah this this very on the nose um dilemma that is accurate to Archie's age right now and Archie's age in 1945 in a in a way I did not expect to be highlighted and and enriched and explored like this. Yeah. Yes, but honey, I'm sorry, on. I'm distracted by this ritual of the yearbooks. I remember really caring about my yearbook in High school. It's just, it's odd to remember what you cared about in high school, you know? I'm trying to anyway. remember. I am I seem to, I don't think I did it my senior year, but I, I, I remember clocking so many hours on yearbook committee. <laughs> oh, were you on yearbook committee? That's cool. I, I was on was. all the committees. I did the Remembrance Day slides and I worked on the grad presentations. I was that, that nerd. That's cool. I was in other stuff, but I was not on yearbook committee. <laughs> Um, this is nice. I like getting back. Like, I feel like we haven't seen Archie and Jughead do like just one-on-one scenes for a bit. And this is fun for me. There's a lot of that in this episode and I liked it. Very, very much. Um, I really enjoyed Cole Sprouse's performance in this episode. I'm not sure what is hitting me, but he, he feels very, very young in this episode in a way he hasn't for a while. Like his performance, he, he's performing a teenager in a way that he hasn't bothered to do in a while. And it it stood out to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was into his performance in this in this episode too. Um all of them actually, all four of them I I was Yes. I yes. was on board with. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Cole Sprouts stood out in particular. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um I I like that they include this because I feel like I actually very rarely, I mean, to be fair, I don't watch a lot of television aimed at teenagers mm-hmm. um, or a lot of films aimed at, te- aimed at teenagers, but I very rarely, I feel like I very rarely see a narrative about someone who isn't graduating from high school kind of like this. Like, it's like, oh, their their life is over. They're not graduating from high school. But like, mm-hmm. here's the, like, he still like participates in stuff with his friends and he still does stuff and He's not an outcast, like he's part of the gang. You know what I mean? I, that seems unusual to me, but I really have no other data to work from. Well, I think, I mean, they also lean into the avoidance of the bad realities until they're done, right? That's That's been a, a choice they've made for several episodes. 
we're going to wait to face the really bad stuff until this is all over and enjoy what we've yeah. got. Um, and I think Archie's choices are right in line with that thematically. Kevin Fang's kiss. Remember... There we go. Finally. Yeah. Took, took you a while to get one not cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's an, oh, the man, this is so touching this moment where mm-hmm. they're like, oh, and then they're like, oh, um, hey, Reggie, I, um, Steve. I, I, I realize I have very few memories of the last day of high school. I remember the last exam I wrote mm. really vividly, but I don't really remember the last day of high school. Do you? Not the last day specifically. Yeah. Um, a lot of the last season, a lot of uh, ending mood. I remember a lot of mood mm. from that time. And, and this resonates. This, this episode resonates with mood really nicely for me mm. um a mm-hmm. sense of building looming pending change that you you can only s- just just sit sit and hold on and watch it happen around you like you're you're witnessing change in your life mm. in, in that's this interesting um they're all observing the time come to an, this time and this circumstance come to an end knowing it seeing it riding it out uh as best as they can and it's it's a neat choice i think yeah this this moment i i felt very much in accord with i've definitely had very no post breakup moments like this but like the night of the breakup moments of like hey this is over but we know each other better than we know anyone else like let's just be together tonight kind of a thing i definitely i've had that experience for sure and this rang very true to me and i thought it was cool they let these teenagers be mature enough to just do that yeah the the role of Um, emotional closure and no no goofy friends what does this mean no it's just it's a a step in a completion of, of the relationship yeah a, yeah. a stage of disillusion. Breakups not looking like the the TV drama that breakups are so often made out to be. It was very refreshing. So my roommate needs to come in to get his power cord. We'll just keep we'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, they I mean the other thing that's neat about this is because they're like actually eighteen, they're like actually graduating. They're actually verging on adulthood. These more adult moments like this ring a bit more true to me. Like when, as opposed to when um, Veronica like opened a speakeasy. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like this, yeah. this, this is the kind of adulthood that feels totally real to me. These kids have been through a lot. Yeah. They're about to go off to like the responsibility of adulthood. This feels real to me. I, and I'm here for it. It, it, it comfortably reframes a lot of the stuff that happened in high school as something of a playing dress-up. Yeah. On an emotional layer. Which is wild, given the stakes that they have allowed and explored. Mm-hmm. But, um... Hmm. Sidebar. Really, like, take your kid for half a summer or something, was my thought. But I also... Yeah. You know, I also take for granted moving and mobility in a way that, like, Betty and Veronica do. Um, but yeah. watching Jughead's choices, I am struck that it may not have been a choice to go to Toledo temporarily. It, he may not have had much for options. Yeah. 
I liked this moment. Yeah. I like this actor they got to play her Nana. I wonder if she's local. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. There's Cheryl in this wonderful robe. I love it. It's it's beautiful. It's over the top, and it's completely Cheryl. And, yeah, the, the big designated special. I Yeah. I didn't love the exact emotional beat of... Um, you you're, you've made the topaz name proud just because i yeah. it's not a familiar style of communication for me around graduation and i yeah. don't think it was that i don't think it was a character choice i think it was their sag into this montage of um these completion moments this great mm-hmm. proud achievement um through archie's biased unreliable perspective yeah. Like I yeah. I don't think the show is making a state is is making a, a statement here about achievement so much as letting us sit in what Archie's feeling in yeah. the, the the um you know the the, un, the the biases and the lingering moods uh, and the lingering fears that define and underscore the choices he makes. Um there's a lot that goes unspoken in Archie's story here that sits in, um, that is told in what he notices. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you think about Betty's speech? Man, this great speech. This really tied the whole show together, I feel like. Hmm. This was a great ending. Maybe maybe this me. is the end beat that I didn't quite catch for Betty. Like, do you, do you feel like this is a wrap-up speech? For her, I, um, I, I was listening. Ra- it feels like a here. show wrap up speech. Like she's named. Like it's it's almost like she names every element of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Betty Which... has Betty has deconstructed the formula. She has completed it. That is Betty's arc. Um, figuring out the box and climbing out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah take it yeah i just i i don't know I, betty i i see what you mean about betty not having like explicit end beats in the way that the others do other than her breakup really mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or slash coming clean to jughead i think uh i think i don't know this this works for it works for me it works, works for it me. works more for me on a second pass uh, knowing, yeah. knowing, thinking of it as the first of a sequence of, of moments of finality and very um, symbolic completion, uh, you know, throwing Archie a song. Which I actually quite liked this cover. <laughs> yeah, I liked this cover too. It surprised me, well, think- um, and it did. It didn't fit for a sec, but then I warmed to it. It's interesting. This was always played at the end of my mini school's once a year gala. Oh yeah, this is um, this is one hundred percent a song aimed at our age demographic, and that oh, yes. that amused me deeply. Like I felt blocked. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I definitely, I definitely got some feels here. It's. I surprised myself. I really thought I had gotten a little jaded about this show, but it's been fun to like look at these people for five years. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I. I'm looking forward to the refreshing reality of treating them as mid-twenties people mm-hmm. and not as faux children. 
I, I, I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I think in the original version of this song, I don't, I don't hear the lyrics as clearly and the lyrics are good. Mm-hmm. This is a good song. I forgot how good this song is. <laughs> There's oh, a lot Cheryl. of nice lasting nostalgia songs from our age. With yeah. lyrics. Oh, the spider. I didn't even notice she had the spider on the outside again. Yeah, yeah Tony. Oh, Tony. I'm so I'm excited. Yeah, this... to, I'm excited to see um what beat Tony lands on in the time jump and how we how we follow or revisit her. Because I'm very satisfied yes. with her story with, with her nana. Uh and with that yes. development so, relationship. But I want more now. I I do know that they have written in her pregnancy because she was pregnant during this last filming. The actor is pregnant. In fact, is due any day. I I only know because I follow her on Instagram. Oh, she popped off. She's got a baby now. Oh, did she? Oh, how lovely. Anyway, all this to say is that um, I do know that that Tony's character is pregnant uh, in the time jump. So that'll be fun and interesting. I'm into that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this was a really interesting moment of like – it's really interesting. I noticed at my high school, mm-hmm. which there's a shot of in this episode, um, uh, the there was an anniversary of like the class of 44 or something when I was um, at school, mm-hmm. and so many of them turned up. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if there's like a relationship between losing so much of their graduating class in the war mm-hmm. and wanting to come back and see everybody. At high school reunions, even many, many decades later. And so I I sort of wondered about this moment of nostalgia and the war and losing people and young people going off into the world and not coming back. Yeah. That kind of moment felt very palpable to me there with Archie watching those four young men leave the school. It It asked me and offered to me some very interesting perspective on what contemporary young people might be might be feeling like i i it's not Mm. a framing i would i have really considered um sidebar the the one super 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 weird moment that i loved here this penelope stepping out of the hedge i'm i'm so i'm so here for the creepy emergence yeah that was a that was a really cute scene i also love how she says nightmare child kind of lovingly like Mm -hmm. oh you (laughs) <laughs> exactly it's that their really worked for me i feel like so much too I, from violent I homophobia do... to a bunch of co-grieving and coexistence in the yeah i do yeah i did like i do like the way i do like the way cheryl and penelope have sort of seemed to have mutually acknowledged that they're very similar and they don't outright hate each other but their relationship does not work as people who are involved with each other 100 that's like a very yeah that's like a nice acknowledgement i'm into that also i could totally see more of like older people making out on these people aren't old obviously but like not teenagers and not people my age and younger making out on screen i would love to see more late life romance in in my television please give me more of that universe Mm -hmm. Imagine Amit. Especially when it's smoking. Look at this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, the, 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 like, is this the end of our storyline? It's, it's, they leaned right into the, the real, the chemistry, the vibe, the romance, the longing. Yeah. Just as hard as they do with the teenagers. And it yeah. was refreshing. Because you don't, you don't stop falling in love. 
things no you know, some things get dull like you know sense of taste and time and my <laughs> capacity for uh for imaginative thought but uh i think romance stays a hot confusing mess yeah oh man this old bike with this sidecar i'm was obsessed this gang who took with him for the road trip obsessed <laughs> i love it i really liked the tableau of um jug watching and betty's moments and just synergy there yeah all right america so take take your youth do the thing Totally. There was a period in high school where, so just for reference, like there are, there are some military people in my family. I don't really feel great about the military as a mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the military industrial complex, which has never really ended in the United States is effed. Mm-hmm. But I did think about joining the military very briefly when I was about 15, cause I wasn't sure my parents could afford university. Yep. And the conversation I had with the recruiting officer was really interesting. I kind of asked him point blank, like, is the army homophobic, basically? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, is it sexist? I don't want to go if it's not those things. And he kind of said, like, a little, but it's not as bad as it's used to be. And then he kind of paused and was like, I've never heard anyone ask me that bluntly before. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a fun conversation. Um, but yeah, I remember I remember really liking those recruiting officers and having a conversation about it with my dad. Um, but anyway, obviously, I didn't join the military. I wouldn't have lasted. I would have been wouldn't have worked for me. <laughs> um, I I really hated this scene um, that like Pop was like positioned to be grateful to this teenage girl. I really. Ugh, it just something about it really made my skin crawl. Anyway, um, this scene I loved when Jughead took off his beanie. I fully had a moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did think about the future youth who are going to look at so many of the, these items and go, "What the hell? What the hell is this? A hammer? We have hammers. Hammers haven't changed." Yeah, <laughs> they they yeah. give you some context. Um, remembering Josie exists. Thanks, thanks, y'all. I'll I'll take it. I don't know. Yeah. I'll take it for what it is. Um, kid, quick, uh, the Pops Veronica scene. Um. Yeah. Yes. But something else that jumped out at me was the synergy of, um, we saw Veronica's mom get divorced, go back to her town, and go back to working at Pops. That was, mm-hmm. like... That rang really true for a relationship of small town diners and food service that I understand. Mm, like mm. a lot of a lot of women end up cycling back through those careers through changes and transitions in their life, much in the way uh, Hermione and, and Veronica both did through steps of this this show. And the yeah. relationship is laborers. Uh, there's there's a there's a more complicated nuance than. Pops being appreciative to this teenager, to me, this there, there's a real intergenerational play of working people and money and money going up and money going down and and the chances and randomness of life. You know, Pop Steiner mm. almost going under was such a major theme for Veronica's story. Um, and yeah, there's there's something that really rang true with the small town labor relations. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that into the conversation. I didn't clock that at all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then this vow. This, yeah, the vow. So the vow happened. And again, I was like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Archie? I sort of thought it was going to be Archie, but mm-hmm. I liked that it was Jughead. I thought that was a cool choice. Oh, yeah. I, um, it lined up for me. It, it landed well. Yeah. I love this beat. With I don't feel like we see a lot of Veronica being mad at someone because she cares about them. And I thought it was a good beat for her character. That really worked for me. Yes. Well, I would argue we see a lot of that, but it's rare that Veronica recognizes that's why she's mad. Like, this is, yeah. a, this is a very well-realized Veronica who who is conscious of her feelings and is not reacting or lashing out, but just speaking really honestly. Yeah. And I'm I'm very much in camp Veronica in a lot of ways. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't wouldn't want any person I know to make this choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. To be honest, and I do think the military really, especially the American t- military really chews up its recruits and spits them back out again. I I think um, it's it's specific and important that they have Archie joining the military in a moment of despair and in a moment of failure of life delay um yeah in lieu of graduating in lieu of going back to school in lieu of doing another round of this um it's you know he's at a time of change and that is an offered change uh in in a way that i think is pretty exploitive but i also Hmm. feel like a lot of military recruiting is pretty exploitive in that way like the valuation of education and the price of education and what that means for military recruitment. Like like you mentioned, you know, for a lot of people, it is viable and, and important way to fund your education. And that just seems wild when I think about it from the from. Uh, to me, just like, yeah, like that's. That, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you. I'm also distracted by the scene that I'm watching, to be honest. No, 100%. These um, tears are real. <laughs> this this was an interesting... Um, by the way, my roommate is having a conversation downstairs. I don't think the mic is picking it up, but we'll if you hear some later. laughter in the background, that's what's going on there. Um, I thought this was an interesting moment in terms of the conversation around divesting from white privilege. And here's what I mean when I say that. Here is Cheryl giving up an opportunity that she basically waltzed into because of, like, privilege and legacy, um, as well as being smart, um, uh, which she can afford to do because she has the time to do that. Um, And choosing instead to, to, like, not go to college and stay behind and change, use the resources at her disposal, which are considerable to make a business that she has control over less crappy and less exploitative. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was a, an interesting offer to an audience that I think is composed mostly of teenagers. Yes. I thought that was a cool offer. Um, big part of me. Wishes... Also, this scene is great, yes, but we'll agreed. talk about it after. Also a great breakup. Um, I wish Archie was paying attention to the lessons he could be taking from Cheryl Blossom right now. He's <laughs> like, truly, oh, you have multiple businesses and resources to aid your community, just like you've been doing successfully for years now to great accolades and, and a plume. Like, you could do a D- GED while running a community center. That is, that is calling. Yeah, but anyway. that's fine. But anyway, you know, not a failure at all. Which is a lesson Cheryl learns beautifully. 
this is so sweet and young. This this little exchange yeah. is so sweet and, and and like puppy love to me. Yeah. Uh, and also like having sex immediately to kind of like reclaim the energy in your relationship. I I will own that I have done that. <laughs> um yeah, this is this this whole scene rang very true to me. And you know, um we we made a we had a conversation about not not talking too much about like celebrity gossip outside of the show. Yep. But I do want to commend these actors who used to be in a romantic relationship and who have since broken up to to offer so much to this scene. I think that's that's very very commendable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Great, yeah. great performance anyway. completely aside from whatever whatever else there is. And, yeah, on. which I don't want to speculate on. It's not our business, but I thought that was very commendable. And then this immediate, like, um, immediately everything's different. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. This is so great. It, yeah, I agree. This this is a beautifully written relationship shift. These are each, like, visibly jarring shifts that they, they, get, they just live in now. These are just changes yeah. that they all experience, that they all see and know are coming. Oh, puppy. Thanks for remembering the dog. Now to remember the dog. <laughs> yeah. Real conflicted on what Mary Andrews might be feeling and thinking about these choices, but she's a supportive mom. It is interesting that we get nothing from her, but I suppose she was in support of the Naval Academy, so maybe there isn't much difference in her mind mm-hmm. um and that she doesn't go with her son to the bus like maybe they just couldn't book molly ringwald for i noticed that all her shots are like indoors and just with archie yeah pretty yeah. much I imagine it's possible there they was couldn't book her for too much inefficiency or like hey maybe they they maybe it was easier to quarantine kj down in la for two weeks than to bring molly ringwald. yeah i'm not <laughs> i don't know this is also a nice coda to their relationship yeah. and friendship Changed, valued, appreciated, but changed. Yeah. I really appreciate that, like, I really appreciate that they sort of have perspective on on this. I think that's really cool. Yes. And it's hard to do. Like, I think adolescence is where you're figuring out, like, how jealousy feels. Like, I remember not feeling jealousy until I was about 18, and it, like the, I remember the first time I felt it, I was like, "Oh, this emotion sucks! I hate this." Um, and uh, I just thought it was cool that they they navigated they navigated like hurt like this this moment too. I think they navigated hurt really, really beautifully in the context of these friendships and romantic relationships. I was really impressed. <laughs> I know I've said that a lot, but I thought it was a really cool choice. It, it's a it's a it's a strong core motif and a real achievement of this episode also cole sprouse's quarantine hair is giving me delight here because i i empathize with this reality <laughs> yeah and yeah it, i think it, uh, it also I think suits some... him yeah. yeah 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 it's a good look for him yeah hmm. oh this scene is sweet it is i'm i'm yeah. a little struck uh with how beautiful some of these exterior shots have been though uh, just, just like, oh, yeah. this, this, um, the last three episodes have given some really lovely blips of stylized cinematography and, and beautiful, carefully framed shots, um, really anchored some of the, the, the precision that I remember from, from the, the first season, from the first few episodes. 
Yeah. I love this. Light. I love this moment they give Jughead. He's just sitting there having a snack and having a think. I thought that was so nice. <laughs> yep. Great beat for him. Uh, it it felt very real. Ew. Just, just living. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, I sit on a bench sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was a beautiful shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This um, was great. Like, this, this makes me, this makes me wish I understood what inspired George Lucas to make American Graffiti. Because I feel like there's, there's like some cultural Americana heritage that this sequence appreciates and calls to that I've like mm. overlooked for a very long time um, that I have not come to appreciate uh, before this. Um, but it is, you know, it's a piece of Americana that maybe hasn't been quite in reference or in vogue for a few generations. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I haven't thought about that. That makes me want to go back and watch American Graffiti. There is a very young... This is so sweet. Oh, my God. Um, there's a very, very, very young Harrison Ford in American Graffiti for about 10 minutes. He's like mm-hmm. 19 or 20. Yeah. And it's just wild to see him that young. Harrison's pot dealer days. Ha! <laughs> Aw. This sequence. Also, no army bus in the history of no. the United States would stop this bus, I don't think. No. But they make this extremely going off to war era plea moment. Like, yeah, they sit in they sit in what what feels kind of like a Korean War vibe to me. Yeah, which is something that's never really ended for any generation of young men in the United States since 1945. Like, there's been a war per generation. Basically, there's been something, some kind of military action. Yeah, the shift from all-out war to the, the serial proxy wars. Yeah. It, so which mm-hmm. war is he supposed to be going off to? This is supposed to be seven years ago, which would have been 2014? Uh, seven years ago? I mean... Were we still in Iraq in 2014? Not we, I, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Americans, I'm speaking we my, in my American voice. Isn't America still in Iraq? I don't, I don't think they were. Well, someone pulled out of something, at least formally, but I think the American the American army has a bad habit of just kind of leaving troops places. Yeah, they're just they're just scattered around still. Yeah, I don't think they've I, there's been I don't know. Archie's going off to the Middle East almost certainly to fight in the war on yeah. terror in this moment, and yeah. you know that's going to be a bad time. Yes. Oh, man, I love this outfit Veronica's got on. I love this shot, this tableau. Um, this road that feels very just outside of Vancouver to me. Like, I, mm-hmm. the brush looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard not to be... It's hard. I think part of the reason I love this show so much is because they're on my home turf, you know? Yeah. Like, I have also had emotions in these places. <laughs> yeah. Um, the trees and, feel uh, right and familiar, right? And oh, I love this moment. Cheryl and Nana against the world. She is... Also she, Cheryl's outfit. <laughs> she's matured so nicely as a character here. Yeah. And I'm... Okay, I'm, I gotta say I'm so pleased that they've let... That they've walked the um, ambiguous line with Nana enough that we get to celebrate her as a cared-for and cherished elder. 
and yeah. not dig into some other complexities that Cheryl is doing the work on. <coughs> yeah. I love that um, Jughead notes that Archie is the glue because I feel like you don't notice who the glue is in a friend group until that person is gone. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and this felt so. This all felt very real to me. Yeah. Um, the growing apart. especially this scene. This scene is great. Yeah, I've I... never had this particular type of drifting apart in a relationship, but I've had something pretty close. And yeah, this oh man, all of this just rang really true for me. I really appreciated this episode that wasn't about weird stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just about these characters having feelings. Yep, resolving big, big, big feeling arcs in slow emotionally appropriate reasonable ways that don't um that don't betray or violate the 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 choices or the relationships they've had like so often there's a violation or an unforgivable act used to create a breakup or there's yeah like there's a bad guy or there's like this yeah mutual drifting that um the blocking okay, so of that I've... scene was fantastic. Like that the opening tableau, the distance between them. I do I really need to catch this moment. I'm sorry. I <laughs> used to have a dress almost exactly like Betty's wearing <laughs> that I associate very heavily with a relationship I am no longer in. And it was just <laughs> like so like like I got that like like flutter up my spine feeling from seeing her in that dress in this moment. <laughs> So this to, I loved. This yeah. was like this is like return to the original Jughead we got. Yep. He still has all these skills. I loved this. And I it doesn't feel like it felt sad and tragic for this 15-year-old to be doing this. But something about this last beat, you know, this honey I'm home, this is Jughead sort of choosing choosing to be independent while he waits to get to the next things. Like it's it's a whole different alone. Yeah. It's um arguably closer to the the alone the the solid the the soloness that I remember from vintage comic jughead. Like there's mm, there's something yeah. to be said for maybe getting to these archetypical places by the end of this arc. Um because the sort of stoic, quiet but self-confident, self-assured jughead um rings true to the comic to me. In a way that the the cleverness and anxiety felt maybe modernized or added or like a choice or a spin. Mm, interesting, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm unexpectedly pleased with Stoic Jughead. Yeah. Mm. Lovely lighting shift. <sighs> so notice how pink it is here. I feel like I haven't noticed the pinkness in here for a really long time. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like we're back in the first shot of this uh, diner because it's really, really pink um, in the first episode. Mm -hmm. I also love this look on Jughead. Like he looks like the freshman who's like, I've really grown up, but he still is quite young. Yep, it is very reflecting on your hometown after a year at university. Like, they capture that really nicely in this one scene, in his look, in his costuming, in the um, the little offers they make, in his overarching story. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious how the narration will feel as a complete thing. 
Yeah. Like, I, I'd be very curious if you could supercut all of Jughead's narrations into a into a into a story, for example. How that would yeah how that would work. Um, because they do they do use it in an opening and wrap up way, and as the narrator, and um, they give him they give him these introspective and perspective moments from outsider looking in on this group to the last one there. Hmm. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. I did think it was interesting, like positioning the writer as the one who keeps the the record in a mm. in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do wonder if where this is where this is going is we're having um like there's a little bit of uh this is eventually the novel that Jughead writes when he's a famous writer, you know? Yep, I could see that. Yeah, or even just a memoir. Plenty going on. Or even just a memoir. Maybe yeah. He's, maybe he's Let me tell you about my wild youth. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never believe yeah. this stuff that happened in Riverdale. Until you Google it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and find the police reports. So I feel I feel good about what I've said about this episode. I obviously like the episode. That's basically all I've been saying since we started recording. <laughs> yep. Um I'm, How about you? Where are you? Where are you at? What are you feeling? I'm very satisfied. Um, I'm very satisfied with what this episode gave me. I'm very satisfied with the overall completion of the the, the high school arc of Riverdale. Um, I am. I could see. I I can see how this was maybe written to to be able to end the show had they faced cancellation. Um, mm. and I'm curious. I'm. I'm quite curious to see where they choose to go next. Um, it, it, it would be a bold choice for a fifth season show to 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 start a completely fresh story arc. So I'm mm. I'm I'm curious to see what, if anything, they will continue or find left unresolved or remind us that that we've forgotten about uh, or mine from the, the past four years. Um, to connect and tie to the future, um, there's some neat there's some neat offers made in this this end beat this this uh, this coda episode, um, and I'm curious to see what they what they choose from their own grab bag. Um, I'm also quite pleased to watch this episode as the third of the fifth season rather than as as a as a capstone of the fourth. Um, completely by circumstances but i i like i like this flow i think yeah i like this more than sitting in summer and returning six years later yes yeah 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 i hear i hear what you're saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. <laughs> wrapping up at the beginning at the front end of this season is uh is neat and is not it's not by formula. It's not how it's done, but it worked, and they they use the positioning and pacing in, in interesting ways. I think in in what they sussed out and and chose as themes, um, it worked for a third episode, which is neat for a, for what was originally a season finale. Yeah, I wonder if this is. I wonder if the way that the. I'd be curious to know if this happened after the writer's strike as well, but I wonder if because of COVID, like there will be a little bit more openness to uh, changing structures in, in uh, TV arc arcs. 
Hmm. I'm, I'm curious about that. I, I mean, probably nothing revolutionary, but you're right. I think this worked really well, and I'd be curious to see shows that do it intentionally, that have like have to do it intentionally. You know? Yeah. Well, we're, I, I, you know, we're we're not out of the woods yet. There's still several seasons of television that are going to be filmed under unusual circumstances. Um, yeah. As far as I know, Vancouver is one of the only places in North America that is filming right now. Uh, although I like. There's been some filming in Ontario, but I don't know the standing of that. I know Ontario is yeah. having a struggling, struggling pandemic month. Um, yeah. yeah, it's there's a lot of outside things that will uh, make some weird offers to us. It's true. Well, Ryan, I'm feeling good. Should we wrap it up here? Oh yeah. Um, here's an end note. Um, Riverdale just got renewed for season six. Okay, so I hate that. I forgot, and uh, maybe I blocked it. I don't know, but I hate it, and I thought that ending here with this fifth season was going to be really great, and I'm skeptical, even though I love these characters and would happily keep watching them. I don't know how to feel. How do you feel, Ryan? I am prepared to see what offers they make me in the rest of the season, and that will that will decide everything for my, my mood. Um, <laughs> I think... I think they could have wrapped it up. I think maybe non-pandemic, they might have wrapped it up. Um, mm. But it is not a risk-taking time in television. There is no pilot season. True. If your show exists true, and true, you have actors true. in contract, you're going to keep making it. Straight up. And true. they have the core cast on contract through the end of next year. Or through the, through the end of the sixth season. I am deeply unsurprised. Um... And I don't know how, if it would have gone that way without Clegg. But here we are. Here we are. Well, that's exciting. <sighs> well, we'll see. Well, gang, uh, we'll be back with you next week, I suppose, for a little more Riverdale and uh, six years later. So, like, now time? Synced up with <laughs> now time? Oh, God. Yeah. What are they going to do about Clegg, Chloe? I don't know. I'm uh, I'm curious oh, to see if the plague just gets ignored. Or if they're all just wearing masks in every scene. Which, you know what? I mean, would make filming easier and safer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. We'll find out. I'm going to go find that uh, next episode trailer you mentioned, Chloe. That's what I want to see now. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh. It's nice and short. <laughs> well, gang, um, we'll see you next week. For more yeah. uh, Riverdale time, same bat channel, same bat time of whenever you download a podcast. <laughs> yep. We'll be here. Uh, See now. you then.